0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast for the journal Integrated Environmental Assessment and Management, better known as IEAM. I'm Jenny Shaw. Imagine you are conducting an environmental assessment and you have several pieces of evidence to consider. Are they all relevant? Are they equally valuable? How do you choose? Enter weight of evidence, a process to help assign value to pieces of information that might be useful for an assessment. Two companion articles in the November 2017 issue of IEAM present different components of a recently developed U.S. Environmental Protection Agency Weight of Evidence Framework. One paper discusses inferring qualities, while the other infers quantities. Author Susan Cormier is with us today to discuss the papers. Sue is a senior scientist at the U.S. EPA. Hi, Sue. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Hey, Jenny. Glad to be here. I want to give some credit to my co-authors, Mace Barron
0: and Glenn Suter. So can you start us off on the same page and just define weight of evidence for us?
1: Well, all of us have a basic sense of weight of evidence. We use it all the time. You hear it in jurisprudence, attorneys talking about the weight of evidence. So this is just a process for gathering information together to come to a conclusion. And The idea of weight is so that we can think about the relative degree of support we have for that conclusion and what the evidence is that's being used to come to that conclusion. And that's what we call weighing the body of evidence. But it can also be described as a product. So like in the title of the papers, we talk about a weight of evidence process or framework And what we are referring to here is like a deliberate process for making inferences from multiple pieces of evidence. And how do you actually do that? You know, what does that weight come from? It's when you're taking the overall relevance of your evidence, the strength, the reliability, and the coherence of the evidence and pulling it all together to decide if you have a very weighty body of evidence that you can make a decision on. And one of the things I want to mention right away is that you can't do this just with statistics. It is not just adding things up. Rather, it is a qualitative way of describing either a quality or the quantity and the evidence you have for saying something about those qualities or quantities.
0: So when you talk about the qualitative aspects, there's some subjectivity that comes into it then.
1: Right. So, a lot of times as scientists, we're not comfortable with subjectivity, right? We really want hard facts. We want it always to be as true, true, true as possible. But we're never going to get there. There's always going to be some uncertainty, some variability in any kind of evidence that we're considering. And bringing connections between pieces of evidence can also be subjective and qualitative. And so, we sort of have to come up with ways to live with it and to make it as solid science as possible and one of those ways is by having a formal process so that everybody can understand the rationale and how we are thinking about the evidence and drawing our conclusions and we should be able to present that information in a way that is defensible and if it's not well then it probably needs to be improved upon and by putting it out there in a clear process, we're helping to avoid subjectivity that introduces bias. Little subjecti- subjectivity is okay, but not if it's biased and coming up with a skewed answer.
0: Of the two companion papers, the first one talks about the weight of evidence framework for inferring qualities. And then the second one talks about inferring quantities. So how are they related and and how are they different?
1: So. When we're referring to weight of evidence for a quality, what we're talking about is evaluating evidence to determine if a relationship or a thing has a particular quality. For example, is a perceived association causal? It's a quality that we're talking about. So it's a classic example of this is smoking. Does smoking cause cancer? And many people are familiar with Sir Bradford Hill showing that statistics alone could not make that determination. Only weighing the evidence could lead to a reasonable explanation. And what he was talking about here was the quality of causing cancer. And so that's what we mean by a quality. It's not a value, it's not a number. So when we're referring to a quantity, what we're talking about here is actually deriving a number and then deciding what's the weight of evidence that it's a good number. We don't mean that we're weighing the evidence in a mathematical calculation, like somehow giving each piece of evidence a one, a five, a three, and then all adding it up. Rather, what we're doing is we're coming up with some number, like a cleanup level, a permit level, a criterion uh, value, and then we're evaluating whether we have a lot of confidence in that number because the weight of evidence tells us so. So when we're weighing evidence for quality or quantity, the basic framework is somewhat the same. However, we can suggest that when the weight of evidence is used in association with a quantity, we can provide a description of the confidence in the results which includes something more than just weight of evidence alone. So it includes not only the weight of evidence, but it also includes the uncertainty and and variability about that number or quantity. And I think that's a really important distinction. I think sometimes when people look at these two papers, they think we're going to say, okay, here's a qualitative way to come to a weight of evidence. And here's a way to mathematically calculate a weight of evidence. And that's not the case. We're talking about What is the product that you're assigning a weight of evidence to? Is it a quality, like causation or condition? Or is it a quantity, like the permit levels or a water quality criteria?
0: So then these two frameworks, they're actually pretty detailed, but can you give us a rundown of the major components?
1: Let's say you're going to come up with some sort of a criterion or a cleanup level. You're going to have three basic steps. You're going to get all your evidence together. You're going to weight that evidence. And then you're going to weigh the body of evidence. Now, both qualitative and quantitative do this. So the first thing you might do, well, you might search the literature and get information and pull numbers out. You might design and conduct an experiment and pull that out. And then once you've done that, you've got all this stuff. You've got to get it organized in some way so that you can make sense out of it. So you look through it and see if if some of the information is irrelevant and you screen those things out. If you have very little data, you keep it all because that's all you've got and you hope to build on it later. And then you sort stuff. So you might sort things into laboratory studies, field studies, experiments, or maybe you would sort them by the kind of evidence they are. It might have diagnostic evidence. You might sort it that way. And then once you've done that, you might have to actually take some of those numbers and combine them and derive some other value. Now you've got all your evidence together and you've got it sorted. Now you're going to weight your evidence. You go in and you say, okay, we found three things that are really useful for weighting them. If you do more than that, you just start getting too many pluses and minuses and it just becomes overwhelming and confusing to people. And social studies have shown that this is the best way. And that's why we recommend just these three things. The first one is relevance. Say for instance, you're trying to look at effects on frogs and all you have is information about plants. Well, that's not very relevant. So you might wanna look for something else or you may throw that out or you may keep it and give it a very low weight in your assessment. So that's relevance. Then the next one is strength. And that is when you have really strong associations between whatever you're interested in and the fact you're interested in. Then the third one is reliability. Can you repeat the experiment and get the same answer? Have other people reported the same sort of associations? That's reliability. Do you have a really large data set So you're feeling really good about it. You have diverse kinds of information. Those are the things that contribute to how confident you are in that piece of evidence. And the third step then is to weigh the body of evidence. This is probably the hardest because you're having to synthesize information. There are no rules. It's going to vary from person to person, study to study. But we try to give some basic hints of how to go about doing this what you do is you look at the overall scoring system that you've used and all the evidence, look for patterns. And if you see things that are tending to link together, then you express that in a narrative. If you see that you have almost only one that is screaming, yes, I'm the one, and all the pluses are here, well, that makes it a very easy decision.
0: So going forward, what do you envision for the frameworks?
1: I hope that it goes beyond ecological assessment. I hope we see it in social sciences and human health. There's no reason why it can't be used in general because it's a problem-solving method. We don't expect to be writing any more frameworks. Now it's time to use them. It's time to see them grow and improve all the assessments that
0: we do. So get out there and use it. Thank you, Sue. Thanks so much for talking with us today. Yeah, it was my pleasure. We had fun. You've been listening to Sue Cormier discuss her articles, a weight of evidence framework for environmental assessment, inferring qualities, and also inferring quantities. Access the two companion articles in the November 2017 issue of IEAM. Just go to ctechjournals.org. I'm Jenny Shaw, and thank you for listening to the IEAM podcast.